Hi, and welcome to a podcast from Hope Springs Church Coventry. For more, please find us on Facebook at Hope Springs Church or on Twitter, we're at Hope Springs Cobb. Thank you and enjoy. So, um, I'm going to do the second part on what I started last week uh, about good news not just being for Christmas. Um, And so, I want you just to turn to Luke 2, verse 8 again. I'm going to do what you probably never meant to do. I'm going to use Christmas passage of scripture in January. It's probably about as bad as having your Christmas tree up in mid-January. Luke 2, Luke 2. There's only one Luke, but in the way we're looking at a minute, it's Luke 2. Um, Luke 2, verse 8. And it says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over the flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold... I bring you good tidings or good news of great joy, which is for all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill, or good news, toward men. So this idea that, that the angels came and they declared to these shepherds, and I love the, the, the throwaway line that, um, that it's born to you this day, that this Jesus was born to them, these shepherds, these excluded, these dirty, these unclean, these foul-mouthed shepherds, he was born to them, and that this good news was for all people. And just the, the pictorial thing that Jesus was born in this manger on this day, and he came to earth on that day, and he's never left since. That whether in his physical form, walking and talking and living amongst people for the 33 years he was around, or whether as he sent the Holy Spirit to come be him with us, to presence himself with us, he's never left. And, that, and that, therefore, good news, This um, the, the, the angel brought good news of great joy. And that, that good news was what? Jesus coming to earth. That Jesus is good news. And good news has never left the earth. Jesus has never left the earth. It's present with us now. And therefore, the issue is not whether... There is good news around, not whether there is goodness around, it's whether we can see that good news, whether we can catch a glimpse of it. The whether, like the shepherds, we are, when we hear about it, we go and find out about something. Or when, when we, someone mentions something, we go, actually, I'm going to go investigate, I'm going to go and look for that. Because the shepherds were told there's a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, they didn't have to go. But they chose to go because something caught their attention. There's good news there. I'm not going to find that good news. The, 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 the wise men from the East, you know, the three wise men, I know that's obviously completely accurate, isn't it? The three wise men, okay, um, who travelled to see this baby, who was probably a child at that point, but travelled to see him, that they didn't have to do that, but they went and heard of something or saw something or caught an idea of something and went and found it. Um, so good news has never left the earth. Je- Jesus is good news and when we see him when we travel to see him when we when we engage in in our bible when we engage in prayer when we engage in worship like like this morning when we see him our hope and our expectation has risen is rose because what happens is we we capture a glimpse of him and then suddenly stuff seems possible again 
suddenly stuff seems capable again because what can sometimes happen is we can like i imagine would have been the case for all those disciples all those followers of jesus 33 years later this guy who has been their everything for the three years that they've known him the guy who called them out of their professions out of their jobs that they followed the guy who who walked on water the guy who raised the dead the guy who made the blind see the deaf hear the lame walk the guy who included the excluded the guy who gave him purpose the guy who made these fishermen these tax collectors these these ex- excluded women these whoever they may be the guy who made all these people suddenly feel like actually we can be amazing and start to argue about it and start to argue about that who's going to be the greatest the people that were probably didn't think that about themselves before that suddenly now we're arguing about who is going to be the greatest in this guy's kingdom who's going to be the one that's going to be the best in this thing he, he, he restored their self-esteem he restored their dignity he restored their identity so this person who's just everything to them then dies Despite the fact he tried to tell them that was what was going to happen, despite the fact he tried to show them, look, I'm going to die, but then I will come back to life again. From their point of view, they, for whatever reason, whatever reason we don't, they, they heard that, that's not going to happen. This guy's never going to die. It's just being melodramatic or something like that, okay? But then he dies, and I can imagine the hope in their lives just draining out. The hope just disappearing. The hope just being like, he's dead. This person's going to change everything, is dead. And there are points in our lives, in my life, that I feel my response to situations, that my expectation of situations is af- is as if Jesus is dead. That he stayed dead. In the same way that I imagine those guys that went back to their jobs, that hid themselves in a room, that didn't want any connection with this day anymore because he was dead that were walking back to their village talking about how bad things have got until jesus comes alongside them and starts to talk to them about stuff but the the, the, the hope went and sometimes we can face situations can't we it's almost as if we're facing this situation as if he's dead because hope's gone hope's disappeared and yet hope never left hope never left and for me it's really beautiful because i think you, we can see in the response of the people who follow jesus what happens when we get a glimpse of him again when we find ourselves in a hopeless situation find ourselves in a situation as if like there is no chance of this changing there's no chance of this turning around because hopes disappeared hopes gone in the same way that these people probably find themselves hopeless because good news came into the world good news changed the world good news transformed everything and then it died it died and now we've got no hope anymore and then three days later despite the fact he told them that's what would happen three days later he rises again from the dead and i want us just to pick up that because i want us just to pull out a few things to do with what i think shows something about what happens when we see hope again when we see jesus again when we see good news again and i think it's just it's just interesting um we want to go to matthew 28 And there's loads of these, but I want to pick out two that I just think are interesting. Matthew 28, verse 1. That when we find ourselves in despair, because our hope, whatever that might have been, maybe it is Jesus, maybe it's just a situation, our hope is gone. When we find ourselves in despair, look at what happens when we see hope again. Verse 1 of chapter 28. Now after the Sabbath... As the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the 
and the other Mary, I should call that, I'd hate to be called that, and the other Mary, um, <laughs> came to see the tomb. And behold, there, there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing was white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the woman, Do not be afraid, to the women, sorry, do, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, I love that, just drop that in there, as he did tell you. Um, Come see the place where the Lord lay. Just go quickly and tell his disciples that, that he has risen from the dead. And indeed he is going uh, before you into Galilee. There, there you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring disciples' word. Now, again, it's just text, but can you imagine these women who had gone to see him, who want to tend to his body, who want to look after him, who'd gone there and have found the tomb is, is, is empty, have found an angel telling them, in the same way that an angel came in and told the shepherds, in the same way that an angel came and communicated to Mary and Joseph, the same way that the, the, the three kings saw a star in the sky um, and followed it, in the same way an angel was communicating, saying, look, he's not dead, he's alive. Can you imagine just for that glimpsing moment, they've not seen him yet, but for that moment in their hearts going, wait a minute, maybe it's not all doom and gloom. That flickering moment of going, actually, maybe, wait a minute, what if he's actually not dead? What if he's actually alive? And therefore, I just love the expression of the word, that they went out quickly. You can imagine the eagerness of wanting to go out of this situation, of wanting to run out of this situation, being amazed by the fact that, the, that there's an angel talking to me who is so stunning that the guards that are with him are acting as if they're dead because they just don't know what to do with this thing. But as they see him, there's a, like a, I, I want to listen to you, but at the same time, you just told me my hope that I thought was dead is actually maybe not dead anymore. Therefore, I want, to, I want to leave this situation, as amazing as it may be, and I want to go and tell people about this. And then they ran then. And it says they ran to bring disciples' word. Disciples' word of what? That, that maybe this hope, this hope that seems to have been dead, this Jesus seems to have not be here anymore, is actually alive. That they want to go and share this possibility, this maybe, that actually he could be alive. And they ran to do it. Because this excitement took hold of them. This joy took hold This kind of fear as well. It's like, actually, this is way beyond what I expected. But, but, but it's this excitement took hold of them. And therefore, they wanted to run. They wanted to go and find him. Go and tell people about him. Yeah. I want to just pick up the second one. It's, it's slightly out of sequence, but it, I'm sure we'll manage. If we just go to John 21. Because this hope that they believe was dead is not... Because good news came into the world over 2,000 years ago and it's never left. And it exists around us and sometimes it exists around us in, in complete and utter darkness. But it exists. So John 21. This is quite possibly my, my, one of my favourite and just the most emotive, I think, parts of, of the Gospel of John that and there's lots and the reason I think it's emotive is because I can imagine what is going through his mind as he does this and you can capture a glimpse for those of you who like TV series like This Is Us and, and 
in Amsterdam. This for me would be in, written in that. You, you could see it because it's so emotional. It's so packed with meaning. And it says in John 21, it says, After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in, and in this way he showed himself. John always writes in a funny way in my mind. but it's, And in this way he showed himself. It's almost like, let me just set up what I'm going to tell you. Verse 2, it's the Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and the two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. <laughs> just love that. I'm going fishing. Um, they said to him, um, we are going with you also. It's li- literally the kind of thing that a kind of primary school kid writes, isn't it? It's like, the first man said, I'm going fishing. The second man says, we're going to go with you. Okay. Um, they went out and immediately got into the boat that they might uh, and that that night they caught nothing but when the morning had now come and I just even that it's the fact that they'd left fishing they'd followed Jesus Jesus had in their minds gone we'll go back to what we did before and lo and behold we go back to not being able to catch anything it's like you can just imagine how could life get any worse you could sort of see it couldn't you and in that kind of like my, my life's just gone from like amazing to like car crash in a, in a space in a space for a few weeks it's like I, I, I may have gone back to my job and now my job is just diabolical it's like i can't even do my job anymore and it's like you can sense the kind of like it's just dropping out the bottom of it that, that everything's just disappearing um but when the morning had come um and again even just that is beautiful when the morning had come and <coughs> jesus stood on the shore yeah the disciples did not know that it, that it was jesus so there's a bloke on the shore they've caught nothing all night very, very similar picture to what's happened when they first got called. Okay? Jesus on the shore. Um, then Jesus said to them, Children, have you any food? And they answered, No. Um, and he said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and were not able to draw in because of the multitude of fish. Now for me, that is beautiful. Because that's Jesus going, Let me just remind you what happened last time. Let me, let me just remind you that actually if you cast it this way because I've told you to do it, and you can just imagine the penny dropping in their minds. The kind of moment of going, wait a minute, it's not possible. And, and that, that kind of sense of being in complete and utter despair because he's gone, gone back to work, work is a nightmare. And suddenly someone comes in and starts to talk to you about your job. And you're like, I just, yeah, it's not, no, I'm not going to food, mate, because my job's a nightmare. I've not caught anything. So we'll just put it on the other side. And then you put it on the other side. You do what they've told you to do and you pull it back in again. And they start to remember there was someone else that did that once. Someone else told us to do that and the same thing happened. It's not possible, is it? And then it says this. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. Now, again, it's, it's very loaded in my mind that, that John says, I'm the one that noticed it first, therefore I told Peter. But just Peter's response is just beautiful because it says this. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it, that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and plunged into the sea. But when the other disciples came in the little boat, for they, they were not far from the land, but only about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. Now, they're not far away. They're fairly near the land, near enough to have to hear someone tell them what to do, near enough to have to see there's someone there, near enough to be able to kind of say where he says, specifically, we're not far away from it. And yet Peter... In the same way that Mary and Mary realised that he might be alive. Peter can't wait for that. Can't wait for the short distance to go from here to wherever it may be. 
Peter throws himself into the water. Maybe Peter's thinking, I'll walk on water again. He just told me to catch fish again, we caught fish again, I'll jump in the water, I'll just walk and I'll run across the shore. Who knows what he thinks? But the point is, he, something has caught him because he's seen a glimmer of hope again, a glimmer of good news again, a glimmer of possibility again. That actually the good news is not dead, that the, the hope is not dead, that the, the life is not dropped out of the bottom anymore because I've seen him again. The others, for whatever reason, the way their decisions were, didn't do the same thing as he did. But there's something about that that just it echoes back to the situations and circumstances that, that he's found himself in in the past. I'm going to run on the water again. I'm not going to run to him. This I'm not going to take my eyes off him. I'm not going to look at the waves. I'm not going to look at this thing. I'm not going to look at the circumstances. I don't care. I've seen him and there is no way. There is no way I'm waiting. There's no way I'm stopping. I'm just going to pursue good news. I'm going to pursue that. And, it, and it's a very pictorial story, but in the same sense, that's possible. We might be in a set of circumstances where we find ourselves just lost, or we know of things, and it's actually okay. In this set of circumstances, I could focus on all this other stuff, but I've seen something, and I'm going to pursue that. I'm going to go after that. And it says in verse 8, sorry, verse 9, Then as soon as they had come to land, they, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid on it, and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish which you have caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land, full of large fish, 153. And although, I'm sure there's some profound thing about 153, but I don't know what it is. And although there, there, there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, Come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Knowing that it, that it there was a lot. So there's still that kind of sense of like, it, I'm pretty sure it is you, but I don't want to kind of confirm it with you, just because it's maybe a bit awkward. It's like that person you see, don't you? And you go, I know it's you, but I can't remember your name, or I'm not going to ask you your name because I should know your name, or whatever it would be. Um, Jesus then came back and took the bread and gave it to them. And again, you just got this profound thing, took the bread and gave it to them. That everything he's doing is, is to remind them. Is to remind them. Because he knows, I know what you've just been through. I know what you would have just experienced. I know what it was just felt like for you to think. Because as much as I told you I was coming back, you didn't believe it. So when I died, you thought that that was it. So what he's doing here is he is restoring hope. He's reminding them again and again and again. There's fish that I'll make you have. There is... There is possibility of walking on water again. There, there is breaking your bread because I'm doing it in remembrance of me. He, everything he's doing is reminding them. He's restoring that thing because he's bringing back to memory these things. This is now the third time, verse 11, 14. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to disciples after he was raised from the dead. And he goes and talks to Peter. I'm not going to go into that right now. Not because it's not cool, but because just, that's not what I want to focus on right now. Um... So you have this situation where they believed that it, that it was dead, that hope was dead, that good news was dead. And, and as they caught a glimpse of it, they, they didn't just rest, they didn't just sit back and go, okay, well, it's fine, maybe it's okay, they, they pursued it. And I really believe for me, um, in this new year, that's what God is encouraging us to do. That through everything that's going on, to go, okay, good news still exists here. Jesus still exists here. Hope is still here. And I'm going to pursue hope. I'm going to jump into the water. I'm going to run back to tell people about it. I'm going to, I'm going to do something because I want to find out more. I want, I want to go to the stable. I want to just see the, the, this good news and this hope. I'm going to just go to where I know I can remind myself of good things. 
I can remind myself of good deeds. And therefore, I just, w- just want you to turn to Hebrews 11. And it says this. Hebrews 11 verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good testimony. By faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So we have this situation, don't we, that hope is about future. Hope is about, actually, I want to see this situation, this circumstance, these people, this stuff. I want to see that change. I'm hoping for that. Even from a biblical point of view, it's about something that is to come. Whereas faith is about something that is established throughout time based on God with people. Which me, myself and myself talk quite a lot about. But the idea that actually faith is something that has happened. That it is the, the kind of um, evidence of things not seen. But it's the idea that actually I can look and I can see that God intervened then. And God intervened then. And God intervened then. And that might be in our own lives. It might be in our own stories, in our own testimonies, in our own things that have gone on. But it might also be in other people's. Or it might be in, in the Bible accounts. Because none of those are different. And that's really important to catch. They're not different. The, the testimony of Sarah is not different to Moses parting the Red Sea. That's God intervening. And therefore, that, that's what stirs faith. And that faith becomes the substance of what I'm hoping for, for the future. So, if, in the same way that, that Jesus reminded the disciples, Jesus reminded these people that, that he reminded that he was building that back up again. He is encouraging us to remind ourselves. Because that reminding of it stirs faith, and that stirring faith builds a hope. It becomes a substance of not just a, a, a nice idea, but it fills out that nice idea, or fills out that hope to be something. Mm. Otherwise that hope stays as that fragile, chopping, changing, based on the circumstances. But if the disciples had spent time themselves and gone, like, wait a minute, and I'm not saying, I'm not trying to debate, I know I would have done exactly the same as they did, but just for a moment, I'm going to make them look like idiots, okay? But they're not, okay? Because I did exactly the same. But if the disciples had spent time going, okay, what did Jesus say? He said, when he died, he'd rise again three days later. He, he didn't just say that some kind of crazy dude that just sat in the corner and said, when I die, I'm going to come back to life like shaking or whatever it may be. He said that in the context of raising the dead, of everywhere he went, everybody being made well, every situation, every circumstance changing. He, he clearly was not some lunatic that just said, I'm going to die, but I'm going to come back to life again, okay? If the disciples spent time thinking about that, they spent time, those who knew it, going into the into the testimonies and the prophecies of the Old Testament and looking, or, or their Bible at the time, looking at those things, they'd have probably come to a point of going, actually, wait a minute, he's going to come back to life. Now, we're all the same. I'd have been exactly the same as them. I'd have gone, right, he's gone, it's finished, it's done, let's give up, okay? But Jesus then came back and reminded them, and he's talking to us in, in, in the, God is talking to us in Hebrew saying, look, faith is the substance of things, that your hope won't fall flat if you remind yourself of what's been if you pick out the, the examples of what's been it will build and bring a substance to what you're hoping for bring a strength to what you're hoping for bring a strength to that expectation of good invading 
And there are points that will come in and try and deflate that hope and try and remove that hope. And in those moments, in those terrible circumstances that, that may come, there, there are points when we then go, okay, even in that situation, I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on Jesus because here's my hope. And I'm, I'm going to remind myself, I'm going to tell myself about these situations, these circumstances. And we can see it's that. We can see that's the point of what Paul or the writer of Hebrews is trying to get across to us. Because then he goes into verse 4, he talk, talks about how Abel how God worked with Abel then, then he continues to go through about how God worked with Enoch how God worked with Noah how God worked with Abraham how God worked with Sarah how God worked with multiple other people the point of Hebrews 11 is not to go look at how amazing Enoch is look at how amazing Abraham is look at how amazing Sarah is look at how amazing Noah is look at how amazing I don't know Moses is look at how amazing Jacob is or Isaac is or look at how amazing all these people are that's not the point Honouring them is absolutely right, but that's not the point of Hebrews 11. The point of Hebrews 11 is to go, look at how God worked with people in the past. Man, let that be the substance of your hope going forward. Let that be the substance of what you're expecting to come in the future. Because God's worked with people in the past. He has brought the miraculous into practice. He has changed circumstances. Look at what Jesus has done in the, in, the, in the Gospels. Look at what's happened around our world today. Look at what's happened in our own lives today. And let's remind ourselves of those things because then what that starts to do is it starts to help us to see Jesus. And when we see Jesus, it starts to build our hope and it being a substance to our hope that actually we're starting to expect these situations to change. Mm. Because good news is not just for Christmas. It's not just for a nice time when we get presents and we feel good. And I, as I said last week, I feel great from about the, the kind of um, 19th of December right way through the 5th of January. It's literally, if you were to kind of match every one of my love languages, it's kind of banging in there, okay? Have my anniversary, we have no school, which is great. Have Christmas, have New Year's, have my birthday, have loads of different stuff going on. It's a wonderful time of year. But it's not just that time of year. Because we can spend time, and it's tough, and it's difficult, but it, we can spend time going, okay, I'm going to intentionally remind myself of everything God has done. And it starts to bring faith, and it starts to build that and being a substance to our hope, that, that actually, no matter what comes into the future, my hope is not going to be deflated by these things, but I'm going to continue to hope. I just want to finish with this, and I've gone slightly off to where I was going to go, but I just want you to go to um, where we're we going to go. Let's go to Matthew 14. There was something very human about Peter, which is why I think we often talk about him, because he's, he's very, very human, makes a big, big mess-ups left, right and centre, but he also catches our intention because he's, he just also somehow learns to land right as well. And it says, Matthew 14, verse 22. It's talking about Peter walking on water, or Jesus walking on water, and it says this. Immediately Jesus made his way, sorry, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, um, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost, and they, carried it, and they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, and saying, Be of good cheer, it is, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. 
But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sing, cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Now I want to pick up two things really quickly from this. Um, and really quickly. Um, first thing. Powerful story. Peter stepped out of the boat and walked on water. because, And he was demonstrating what Jesus was doing. He, he, he was being like Jesus in that situation. And when we see Jesus, what happens is we, we start to behave like him. When we see hope and good news, we start to behave in a hopeful and good news way. And it's really difficult. It's challenging because there are days when I can't see wood for trees. And that's what happened with Peter. Because what happened with Peter is that that there was so much else going on around him that his attention slipped. And it slipped off of Jesus and it started to mean that he was consumed by the circumstances. And in that place we need help. And Jesus becomes our help. It becomes our hope. It becomes the thing that pulls out. But we do that for each other as well. That we, the we find ourselves in those situations and we go, okay, let, I'm drowning right now. Help me to see Jesus in this situation. And one to another, we help each other see Jesus. It talks about that. I'm going to turn off the time today. But it talks about the fact of that in Hebrews, that, that, we, that we gather together to remind ourselves of these things. That when I'm like Peter and I'm sinking in circumstances, that I have people like Jesus who come in and pull me out of that set of circumstances and remind me, actually, you know, this is what the hope is this, this is what the truth is and the, the, in the same way that there are going to be times when we drown in these things but at the same time we drown in them because we took the chance to step out that there was 11 other people in the boat who didn't step out and there was one person who stepped out and therefore if we find ourselves drowning in circumstances that's not because we are terrible it's not because we are bad it's not because we are wrong it's because we actually dared step out there are countless people up and down the country who, when, difficult, when, when there's a challenging situation, will stay in the boat, whatever analogy that paints, will, will stay in this place and go, whatever it is, that is just beyond any possibility. People aren't meant to walk on water. Situations aren't meant to change. Therefore, I'm going to stay in the boat, because if I stay in the boat, I'm not going to drown. If I stay in the boat, my hopes aren't going to be overwhelmed by the circumstances I'm in. If I stay in the boat, I'm going to stay safe. And therefore, as much as sometimes Peter's criticised for sinking, in my mind I commend him. Because the only reason he sunk was because he took the chance to go, actually, I'm going to walk on water. I'm going to believe that the impossible is possible. I'm going to be around situations and circumstances where there's a possibility I could drown. But I'm going to step out anyway. And we find ourselves in those situations, don't we? We find ourselves confronted with those things, whether it's with Dean and Danielle, whether it's with uh, situations to do with, we've got friends at work or kids at work or, or just family or whatever it may be. We find ourselves in those situations where we go, okay, I'm going to put myself in this situation, even though there's a possibility I could sink and I could drown. And actually, if I do sink and do drown, I'm not going to sit there in condemnation. I'm going to say, Jesus, help me. And that might be that he pulls me up, whatever that looks like. But it might also be that other people around me go, okay, no, it's okay. Let's get you back walking on water again. Let's get you back doing what Jesus did again. Let's get you back in those situations with those people where it looks hopeless and you're being hoped in because you're doing the thing that's not meant to be happening. You're walking on water. And the, the... 
there will be ups and there will be downs. But our encouragement to each other is that actually let, let's be Jesus to one another. Let's be that. Let, let, let's, when the people step out into that situation, let's be that one. If they start to drown, let's say, okay, well, let me help pull you back up again. Let me help take you back out of this. Uh, because you actually stood out and that, that's amazing. And therefore, you, you, there's a risk. Of course there's a risk. You're going to drown in this set of circumstances. But if you do, for whatever reason that might be, if your hopes start to be consumed by the circumstances, we're going to be there to pull you back up again. And not just say, right, don't ever try that again. Mm-hmm. Don't ever do that again. But actually, let, let's go again. Yeah. And let, let's go again. And let's go again. Because that's what it looks like to be Jesus. That's what it looks like to walk on water. And that's what Peter was doing. I believe. When he saw Jesus again on that beach, when he saw Jesus again in those circumstances, he was like, I'm going to walk on water again. I'm going to jump on out of the boat. I'm going to run to him again on the water. Because something in his mind went, yeah, yeah, I've seen Jesus again. Now I'm going to start to do it again. I sank last time. I don't care. Because I'm going to run. I'm going to run again on that water. I'm going I'm to go there. And if I don't, you know what? I don't care. I'm still going to get there. And it's that kind of idea because whether other people encourage him to do that or not, Jesus, Jesus reminded him of those things. And therefore, when we spend time in thanksgiving, when we spend time in reminding ourselves of what Jesus has done, what God has done throughout human history, whether that's recent human history or human history from the very beginning of time, it matters not. Okay? When we remind ourselves of those things, what it starts to do is go, actually, I'm going to start to do the impossible. And if I step out and do the impossible and I drown, I know there's people around me that are going to lift me back up again and go, well, let, let's go again. Let's run on water again. When I see Jesus again, I'm going to get up. I'm going to dive out of that boat because I'm going to run on this water again. And, and we are in challenging circumstances. We as a nature, as a community, we attract crap. Okay, We really do. We, 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 we find ourselves with people in situations where we go, okay, you're in a problem. We're going to help. Okay, And that is Jesus. Because that is Jesus saying, you're, Jesus put himself in the dirt with people. We do the same thing. And that's wonderful. I don't want to be part of any other community because that's what we do. The challenge of that is you get dirty. Mm-hmm. The challenge of that is you find yourselves in those things that are hard and are difficult. Yeah. And therefore we need to be people who are intentional in reminding ourselves, reminding each other, this is what God's done throughout human history. Because if we don't do that, then we'll be people that drown in the circumstances. And Jesus didn't want that for Peter, he doesn't want it for us. But he wants us to be people that walk on water, that try it again when they see Jesus again, and try it again, and try it again, and try it again. And it's tough and it's difficult, but we're wired that way. I don't even want to say unfortunately, but we're just wired that way. Um, and therefore, it, it, it's about protecting is the wrong word, but, but it's about equipping as ourselves as individuals and as a community to kind of go, okay, this is what we're like, this is what we do, therefore let's keep going and let, let's know how we need to support one another in this process. So Holy Spirit, I just ask that amongst all that discussion and rambling of my words, just thank you that you've taken that and you've made things land with each of us as they need to, myself included. And Holy Spirit, I thank you the comforter, but you're also the strengthener. I thank you the, the, you're the standby. I thank you also the, the power that changes impossible circumstances. And Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would just come to us as a community and you'd equip, continue to equip us with what's needed to do, live the journey that we live, to do the way things the way we do them, to, to kind of be who you've called us to be. Thank you, don't just send us out, but you send us out equipped. You, you send us out ready. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're doing that 
even when we can't sense it or feel it, you are equipping us to go about and do good. To go about and heal all who oppress the devil. To go about and bring change to situations. To go about and walk on water. To go about and put ourselves in the dirt with people. To go about and be and do you in those situations and circumstances. And I thank you that you're doing that. And I thank you that we are there for one another. To kind of support one another in these situations. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.